Hi, I'm Beth and welcome to the Journey to a Dream podcast, which aims to give us a glimpse into the life of a racer who's preparing to come over to the Isle of Man. Today, we meet Andrew Jones. I'm Andrew Jones from Swansea in South Wales and um, yeah, that's it really. I'm going to be doing the Manx in August, can't wait. I actually started on bikes back when I was around 12, racing motocross, started off-road um, and I did that to start with. And then, um, yeah, I sort of, I got my, uh, I got my license, um, in 2016, uh, on the tarmac, um, which was a bit of a natural progression and yeah, it sort of went from there really. My dad raced back in the eighties, um, and basically had a group of mates, him and his best mate, Paul, um, who was racing TT and Manx about six or seven times back in the eighties. Um, they used to travel over to the other man, just. A group of them used to support Dibs, and his name's nickname's Dibs. He used to support him and um, be in the pit crew. Um, yeah, so it's basically from my dad. He's always had road bikes, like literally as as long as I can remember since I was, well, early three years old. I remember just sitting on his bikes and uh, and yeah. So I just it was just in my blood basically. It's hard, I think, for people who aren't involved in in the sort of the motorcycle world to really understand why people are so committed to it when you know let, let's be honest we know it's dangerous and it costs a, a hell of a lot of money doesn't it yeah. to, to put yourself through this and I don't know whether you'd be able to describe to us for you what it is about this that makes it such a fundamental part of your life I I think it's just because I've grown up with it I just think I just it's all I've ever known really and I've um, always loved the Alan man like since hearing all the stories from when my dad was coming over um, and then yeah, just it was always the aim. When I started racing, I just wanted to race at the Isle of Man. Because I came over, the first time I actually came over the Isle of Man was in 2015 to the Manx to watch because my dad was parading. And uh, just like being there, like like everyone says, the first time a bike comes past you, and I think it was St. Ninian's Cross, I was um, by the school there. And I was just like, you know, it's the same as everyone really. You just, I had to get out there. I think there's other two types of people really people who want to do it and people who don't. You really got to want to do it. Um, so, yeah, it was basically from there, never looked back and uh, started the long process um, that it takes to get out there. And I can't quite believe I'm actually going to be doing it, to be honest. It's, uh, yeah, I'm still pinching myself every day. And you say it's a long process. Can you kind of talk us through what that process has been like for you? Well, it, it was obviously to go through the actual stages of your license. So, basically, getting your first doing your ACU get your novice license, then going up to um, your clubman, then your national. So you've got to get signatures. Um, obviously for the clubman, it's just 10 finishes, but then to get your national, you've got to do 10 finishes, um, And but they've got to be in a certain percentage of the leader's time. So, you know, you, you can't be hanging around. You can't just ride around. So, you, you know, everything's got to go right for you. Some meetings, you crash or the bike blows up or, you know, you have mechanical. So it, it, it's quite a lot of pressure, a lot of money involved. Um, and yeah, basically just get the national license. And then once I got the national, I was able to race, enter some road races. So um racing Aberdeer Park, which is relatively local for me. It's only about 30 minutes up the road. Um, again, I've been watching there since I was uh, a kid and always loved to race there. And um, yeah, so went there and then Scarborough I've been to. And yeah, basically got the national and got all the, all the ticks for the mountain course license and then applied and well, I was on the newcomers weekend and uh, that was a hell of an experience. And then, yeah, and we got the acceptance in uh, in April. Couldn't believe it. And can you remember what that moment was like? Did you get it? Was it a phone call? Was it a letter? How did they tell you? 
Um, it, it was actually I, I ran the London Marathon in April. I was um, I was actually there. It was the day before uh, the marathon. I had an email. Um, I was on pins for what, probably about two months before um, waiting to hear. But uh, yeah, so obviously I was I was sort of geared up for the marathon, and then we were just um, I think I can't remember what I was doing the day before, but I remember having the email through, and then it just said uh, yeah, it just you sort of click on the link and. It tells you accepted, and I got into the junior class and also the ultra lightweight. So I couldn't, you know, I mean, one class would have been amazing, but getting two on the two different bikes is, uh, yeah, it's a dream come true, really. I love my running. I, I got into it during the lockdown uh, a couple of years ago, and and it sort of um, basically helps my fitness for racing, like gets you weight off. Um, I've always wanted to do the London Marathon. I, I always said I'd do it before I was 30. Never happened. So, yeah, once... Uh, I um I, I got to the charity place uh, for mine last last year raised a lot of money for mine and uh, yeah I ran it in in April and uh, and I just I yeah I love the running because it keeps my fitness um in check and like I said it keeps the weight off so I mean the lighter you are on the bike the better so uh, yeah it's, it's amazing and you say you ran it for mine how much money did you raise for them uh, I was just under two and a half thousand I mean it was quite stressful raising the money I think I'm not really. I don't like asking people. It's like sponsorship, but yeah, everyone was amazing and really like, you know, well, once people know you want to do something, uh, which is out of comfort zone or whatever, then yeah, everyone was all, um, donating. It was, uh, yeah, just, it just went really well, to be honest. And was there a particular reason you chose that charity? Uh, yeah, most at home, really. Some family members have problems with mental health in the past. And I think, I think a majority of us have had a problem with it. Um, and obviously, like in the modern day, it's becoming quite a, you know, talked about thing now so yeah i thought it'd be quite a good charity to uh to do it for um and uh yeah i really i got on board with what they wanted to do and uh yeah that was basically something i could i really wanted to raise money for yeah so that was it really it was quite easy there fantastic thing to do and then that's done and i guess your attention then really turns to the mgp and the reality of that two classes what's the process in in terms of getting ready for it now I miscounted my signatures. So I had to get six signatures for the mountain course license, but I thought I had six, and for some reason I miscounted it, and uh, I had five. So obviously, I had to get the sixth one, and by um, sort of July is a sort of cutoff point. And uh, so I entered a race just gone this weekend, just gone now down at Pembrey, which is another local track for me, and um, and I raced down there and got my final signature. So that's done. That's the sort of last tick um, in regards to all the admin that's got to be done. Um, and then it's just a case of uh, yeah, we're racing in Aberdeer Park in four weeks on um, on the 400. And um, after that, I'm not doing uh, anything, just sort of getting the bike prepared because I don't want to risk uh, myself or any mechanicals or anything like that. Um, we were meant to do the Southern 100. Um, I, well, I did have an entry for it, but once I found out I got to the Manx, it was just a case of the costs were going to be too high to be going over... Um, twice in quite a small amount of time so uh i um i rang them up and to be fair they really understanding so hopefully i get back there next year and have you done the southern before no never uh, i really fancied it but um i just yeah i couldn't couldn't afford to do the two um this year but obviously the other man's the main goal and to get the actual uh to get the actual entry was just mind-blowing so everything else is sort of taking a back step compared to that
Yeah, totally understandably. And you're talking about the financial side of it there. And that's a stark reality of this, isn't it? That for people like you who have this dream about coming over and racing on the roads over here, the money that it costs to do is quite phenomenal. How do you go about financing that? Um, well, I've been incredibly lucky doing my, all my bikes. My dad's always, um, he's basically funded this has been the bank of dad has been the sponsorship for all the years um he's been amazing uh, i wouldn't be doing it without him um and uh but as obviously the year i got a bit uh you know a bit better we'd be doing a bit more um we've uh got a sponsor now um a guy from northampton cirrus trading and they um they are sort of friends with my dad and paul who's another part of the team who've um struck relationships since they raced together like 30 years ago and uh and uh, yeah he's kindly put some quite a bit of money towards um towards our racing and i managed to buy uh well we we bought a few uh twins um super twins off milky milky quail from the other man so we bought them um and uh yeah and he's sort of well just the financial help from him has been amazing we got um um, some accommodation and stuff like that, the ferries and all that. So uh, yeah, we're really, really unfortunate position. Um, a locals uh, bike company in Swansea, uh, M&P Motorcycles. Um, they have helped me out with just getting some kit uh, over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically, just wanted to give them a little shout out and say thank you because uh, yeah, they've done me some good deals on on the stuff I've needed to uh, to race. So yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to. Uh, to do well and just um, sort of repay the favour, you know. And that's really interesting, sort of going back to even when you were talking about fundraising for doing the London Marathon. I think for many people in your position, it's not easy going around looking for money, particularly, I suppose, because this is a sport that you love and enjoy. And I suppose you don't want to have to ask people for money for that, I guess. No, I mean, like, like, it's quite a weird thing. In my uh, sort of friendship group, I mean, there's only, I've got, a load of friends, but no one really interested in bikes. So it's sort of like another world compared to my normal life. Um, not quite. I don't, don't think a lot of them. Everyone knows what the other man is because um, you hear about it, but they don't understand. Everyone thinks it's just a dangerous thing and you're just you're, you're crazy for doing it. Um, so, yeah, going back to the, the sponsorship thing, it's hard to um, it's hard to sort of ask people for money. I mean, you know, you get the thing, you can put names on your bike and stuff like that, but I mean, the commercial game for them is probably not great and they wouldn't understand the passion I have for it. So they're not going to, um, I guess, part with their money very easily. But yeah, I mean, it's just a tough thing for everyone in that sponsorship because it's like a, such a good hobby that we enjoy. But, um, you know, asking people for money to do our hobby is quite hard, I guess. Do you ever do the sums and work out how much you've spent on this hobby? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to. Um, and like I said, you know, I think uh, my dad probably knows, but I don't. We don't talk. We won't talk about that. Uh, so, what do you do for a living generally? Then I'm a carpenter. Uh, yeah, self-employed. Um, I like run my own business, so which helps. Um, I've only recently gone self-employed in the last four couple of months. So, um, yeah, uh, it it does help because with the balance of um, of time, I'm able to you know do a bit of training. Or if I need to give up a bit of time to do, to do some stuff on the bikes, or or if we're going to go to um, a meeting, uh, you know, you, you've got to have that sort of um, balance of of time so you can 
sort of just skip off when you want as opposed to being employed, I guess, when you sort of contracted to certain hours. So, yeah, it's been good. But then the reality is as well, I suppose you're trying to live a normal life if you've got family as well, I don't know, trying to fit everything in. It's, it doesn't give you a lot yeah. of time spared. I've got a little son, yeah, as well. He was uh, 19 months old. Um, so he takes up um, majority of the time. He's, he's, he's amazing and he's uh, he's just getting to the age now where he's um, just absolute carnage, really. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a juggling act between work, bikes, running, family time. Yeah, it's... Um, it's great. I wouldn't change it, but yeah. I'm just wondering, Andrew, do you ever sleep? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, not very much. Like, not very much, yeah. My son tends to be up with bloody hearts five most mornings, so, you know, so. But yeah, no, I wouldn't change it. And it's interesting, isn't it? So he's growing up in this environment, and I know he's only, as you say, 19 months at the moment, but you can't help but wonder whether that little seed will be planted there if he's already sit, having a little sit on daddy's motorbike. Yeah, well, he's funny. He's obviously grown up around it, and like I always watching, like most riders will always be watching bikes. Like I asked my partner Josie, I'm always MotoGP's on BSB. Like I watch all the classes. If it's on on the weekend, um, like I'll watch it from the junior superstock to all the way up to the BSB just constantly. And if I got time to do it, and uh, so so a lot of the time, uh, yeah, Rudy, my son, he is um, he's got nothing, no choice but to watch the team when his bikes on. And he's he sort of picked it up. He knows that Daddy races his bikes. He said it. He says it to uh, my partner when I'm away sometimes. But um, yeah, he's not quite keen on sitting on them just yet. I think he's a bit young. He doesn't like the noise. Um, so maybe a couple of years time, he'd be, uh, yeah, yeah, he'd be sitting on them. Yeah, that'll change for sure, won't it? Um, you talked a little bit about the newcomers. You came over for the newcomers weekend, and I know um, that you say that you're in contact with some other newcomers as well. And I just wonder for you how important those sort of connections are. The fact that you're in contact with people who are going through the same thing as you yeah oh, it's been been a massive help i mean uh, i met a few of the boys uh, on the newcomers weekend um and uh, yeah we've got a whatsapp whatsapp group going um and uh yeah it's been good because um you know everyone's sort of sharing information if anything pops up like we get an email or or you know um if anyone needs to find out something or you've got a question we just pop it in the group no matter how silly it is um, you know, it could be anything from license and stuff to all the kit you got to have now because all the regs change so much. So, um, yeah, it's just been a massive help, and everyone's going through the same sort of thing um, to get there. And it's we're all doing it different ways. You know what I mean? Like you know, we're all different personalities and on well, some similar machinery, but different ways of building things. And there were, you know, the boys, some of the boys have got loads of engines, loads of you know, they're building all sorts of custom parts and. And then, yeah, it's just amazing to see how the boys are doing it and I uh, can't wait to get out there. And when you get over here, you talked about having accommodation or are you going to stay in the paddock or have you got somewhere else to stay? How are you planning that? No, oh, so we, yeah, we're, we're luckily staying in a, we've got a house in Onken, so we're not too far from the paddock, but um, yeah, we just opted for that option because uh, I I don't have a caravan or anything like that. So uh, we always just sort of rock up to the paddock when I'm racing over here. Um, usually we'll stay in a hotel that night before um, and then we'll go over in the morning. But um yeah, so we've got a house in Onken and there. Uh, um yeah, so we've got the got the garage in there as well. So yeah, we've got a bit of room to work on the bikes. I think we'll just sort of um ferry them back and forth and see how it goes. Um obviously I'll probably look to get in the paddock maybe next year if we're coming back next year. But um yeah, that's our sort of uh, our plan. Who have you got coming with you? Uh so my dad's coming with me. My uh 
Paul, who was my uh, dad's best mate and who was the part of the team. Um, and then Paul's son, James, is also coming with me. And I've also got uh, my dad's friend, Kev. Um, Kevin Lloyd, who's coming over to support, who raced in the Manx um, back in 82, I think it was. And he's coming over with his wife, Eileen. Yeah, so they've been, been big supporters of me over the years. And uh, yeah, so it'd be good to have him out there as well. My partner, Josie's coming over on the Friday. She's flying over for the weekend. And my cousin and his partner are coming over as well to support on the Friday as well. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there's a few of us coming over, but they're not too many. And in terms of things like practicing pit stops and everything, because that's going to be quite a, a crucial part of the of the actual race, how do you do that? I think it's just a case of um, just turn up and, and do it. We're not going to be practicing. We sort of know what we do. I've been watching the TT and the Manx for years. I mean, Paul, like I said, is, has raced in, I think, four or five Manx companies, and then he's done about six or seven TTs uh, as well. So... He um, is very experienced and, you know, unbelievable person to have in the corner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we got um, a couple of friends. Well, he's got a couple of friends in the paddock who were racing the TT and stuff. So, yeah, it's, um, we've got a few people to ask advice from, I guess. So, uh, yeah, it'll just be a case of partly winging it and partly asking, asking their experienced riders. And what are you most looking forward to? Most thing I'm looking forward to is getting out uh, for a lap or after the newcomers lap and just yeah because i've done i've done the i've done the parade lap in 2019 on a 400 so i've been around there in race conditions before but i'm a lot more i want i know a lot more of where i'm going now so uh yeah i'm just looking forward to that basically and uh just the whole experience can't wait we mentioned the the newcomers um whatsapp group and whatever but then obviously you've got Richard Milky Quail, who bought some machinery off and whatever. How important yeah. is the support from people like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul went over to get the bikes and met uh, Milky and had a good chat with him and stuff. So I think he's made some contact with him. So I'm hoping I've never met Milky myself. I'm obviously know you know all about him. He's a he's uh, Mr. TT. Uh, I've watched a lot of his videos to um, you know be on boards and the talking through to sort of learn the track. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to go out there and meet him as well and um, and get some pointers off him because uh, there's probably no one better to get uh, get some advice from, really. And have you got a particular aim for this year? Is it something that you would really like to achieve if you can? It's just it's just a case of finishing, uh, just finishing and sitting and, and riding it safely. That's all. That's all I want to achieve. I don't got no, um, you know, I, I got no time goals and nothing like that. Obviously, I want to qualify for the racing because there's a certain speed you got to do, but. Just a case of hitting the lines um, and just just get into it through the week. I don't want to take, you know, I just want to be safe. That's the main thing, I think. I think if, you, if you're outside the sport, you can understand it. You don't, it looks absolutely mad. And it does, because when I first started watching it, I thought, it was, I thought the same thing. But I think when you get to know it and you and you learn, it's, it's a lot of calculating, you know what I mean? We're learning the track. We put hours and years of learning. You know, I've, I've been over there I've done loads of laps in the car, in the bikes, and played the game. I've just on boards, got notes. I've learned pretty much all the track. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a lot different on the bike. I know it's going to be under no illusion, but it's, you know, it's not like I'm going out there just to fly around and you know, I hang on for the best. You know, it, it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a case of it being, you know, there's a lot of preparation going into it. And I don't like people to see that, um, especially if you're not into the sport. Obviously, the riders. Who ride there know how much prep goes into it and uh it, it doesn't it's not as it well it doesn't seem as extreme to you i guess riding it because um 
I just think there's a lot of prep goes into it and uh, and that, that's it really. I'm guessing there's part of you that must be just like, just get here now. Just You just want to actually be here and yeah. get on with it. Oh, I know. I mean, it's going quite quick. I mean, we're coming to the end of June now. I and mean, it's a couple of days. It's going to be it's going to be saying I'm racing the other man next month. So looking forward to that. But yeah, I got I got the, the Aberdeer Park road races in four weeks. So it's something to sort of gear towards, which breaks the, you know, the eight weeks up. Um and then obviously once that's once that's done, it's just uh, it's only a couple of weeks, and uh, and we'll be headed out. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to get on the ferry now. In terms of your sort of sporting heroes, and you talked about Milky Quail being Mister TT, but growing up, was there anyone that you particularly idolised and thought that's who I want to be like? McGuinness, like a lot of people, you know, John McGuinness was amazing for me when I was growing up. He was the man, um, and I met him a few times. Like met him at Aberdeer, just had a chat with him. He was, I was watching. Um, I was watching on one of the corners and I didn't notice he was standing next to me on the gate just looked like one of the punters he was just standing there for probably must have been 20 minutes before I actually I, I noticed he was there so I said I had to take the opportunity to speak to him um, and he's just down to earth um, yeah just an everyday bloke and he's just done amazing things around there so I think his whole attitude and everything just he'd be my inspiration really so uh, yeah he's uh, yeah, and just to do what he's still doing now you know at 51 you think you'd do 131 one hour laps in in uh, in June was uh, yeah unbelievable. But has he done the London Marathon? That's the question. <laughs> Brilliant to talk to you, Andrew. We can't wait to see you over here. If people want to keep up to date with how your racing is going, are you posting a lot on social media? Where can people follow you? I don't really do uh, posting about the racing too much. I, I mean, I got my Instagram is um, it's just my name, Andrew Jones with a Z on the end. Uh, I do post occasionally but I haven't got a racing page or anything like that I like to follow other everyone else's um and I will be updating it through the Manx and and towards the Manx so yeah that's um it's Andrew Jones Z on Instagram that's it yeah Andrew Jones and once again we'll keep a close eye on how Andrew does this year and hopefully catch up with him there is nothing nicer I'm sure than having a microphone shoved in your face when you're about to set off down Bray Hill but if you've been listening to Andrew's story and you'd like to tell your own please do get in touch bethsb at manxradio.com or you can find the link on the podcast page until next time bye bye